You are listening to Stuff You Should Know, brought to you by Wilkes Chamber of Commerce. Welcome to this edition of the Wilkes Chamber We Are Wilkes podcast, which is entitled Stuff You Should Know. We're delighted to have as our guest today, Michael Poe. Michael is the Division 11 engineer for North Carolina Department of Transportation. Thank you, Michael, for being our guest for this episode of the Chamber's Stuff You Should Know podcast. Michael, let's start with uh, you telling us about yourself, uh, where you're from, how long you've been with NCDOT, and what other roles you've held with the department. Also, how long have you been with Division, been the Division 11 engineer? Well, good morning, and thank you for having me. Um, I guess I'll start out. I am originally from Granite Falls, which is in Caldwell County. Uh, I, I was born and raised there, grew up there, and then I went to college at NC State to study civil engineering. And I graduated from uh, NC State in the fall of 1999 and started working with NCDOT directly after that in January 2000 uh, on the Transportation Engineering Associates Program. And that's basically... Uh, we still have that program. It's been around for a number of years, and a lot of our engineering personnel start there. Uh, it's an 18-month training program, essentially. And so my first rotation uh, was actually here in North Wilkesboro, working in our resident engineer's office in the, in the uh, construction area. And um, <clears throat> I basically enjoyed that. Um, we were working on US-421 on the four-laning east of Wilkesboro. Uh, a lot of cold days, uh, sure. pouring concrete on, I think it was, a, I don't know, it was several thousand feet long triple barrel box culvert. I'll never forget it, but uh, had a great time there. Really enjoyed the field work and uh, ended up having the opportunity. There was a permanent position that opened up. And so um, had the opportunity and I, I took advantage of that and became the division staff engineer here in the division office. And so that was a great opportunity for me personally. I think a lot of, uh, you know, just like to say in a lot of things, it's, you know, timing is everything. And that was just really good timing for me. I got to work directly with then division engineer, Carl McCann, and, uh, and former division engineer, Mike Pettijohn, who mm -hmm. was our division maintenance engineer at the time. And, uh, you know, really got to work with them and build that relationship. Um, and then after that, uh, I was there about five months and, just again, right place at the right time. There was an opening in Caldwell County, in my home county, uh, in our county maintenance office. And I had the opportunity to go over there as a county maintenance engineer, which okay. was, uh, you know, I should have been there on the training program and there I am going in and I'm the, uh, you know, managing the, managing the office. But uh, that was a lot of fun uh, working in our maintenance office. I worked there about six and a half years before becoming the district engineer in our Boone district office. Um, in that office, I was responsible for, for Caldwell County, Avery County, and Watauga County. And I was there for about four years. I was still living in, uh, in the Hickory area at the time, so I had a pretty long commute. And uh, an opportunity opened up in Lincolnton, which was about a third of the distance. Mm -hmm. and, um, and, and it wasn't just that. Uh, that uh, the Lincolnton District's in Division 12 of NCDOT. And... Um, you know, it was just a really good an opportunity to, to get down there to work. There were a lot of career growth opportunities, so it was a really strategic move as well, and, and, it's, and it's worked out well for me. Again, timing's everything. 
So I went to uh, the Lincoln District office, um, which was interesting. You know, I was in the same role, but mm -hmm. you know, those offices were, were night and day different because mm -hmm. the Boone office, we were dealing with much more rural mm -hmm. issues, uh, much more maintenance focused, secondary road construction, which is where we would go in and pave unpaved roads. And down there in the Lincoln, Lincolnton office, I had, you know, City of Pickery, uh, also had all of the uh, Denver area along Lake Norman, mm -hmm. just a ton of development, residential development, commercial activity. And so dealing with driveway permits and subdivisions and things like that became the main focus. So it was a good opportunity for me from an experience standpoint. Great learning. I mean, you were Absolutely. exposed to so many different areas. And I did that for about five years and had the opportunity to go to the division office in Shelby for Division 12 and, mm -hmm. and be the project development engineer, which is basically managing pre-construction. Uh, that was a new role at the time. Uh, DOT had just gone through some reorganization where we decentralized and sort of pushed all of those pre-construction activities and responsibilities out into each of the, each of the highway divisions. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then uh, again, just uh, right place at the right time. Had the opportunity to come back last summer mm -hmm. as a division engineer here in, in Division 11. So here I am. I've been here a little over a year now. Great. Great background because being exposed to all those different counties and different divisions gave you a really good overview. Oh, absolutely. Um, and training that you probably would not have had. So that's yeah. great. That's really good. Um, tell us about Division 11. Um, what geographic area is included in that particular division? Sure, so Division 11 is uh, part of the Division of Highways of NCDOT. It is one of 14 divisions across the state. Uh, division 11 essentially makes up the eight Northwest North Carolina counties. So that includes Caldwell, Avery, Watauga, Wilkes, Ashe, Allegheny, Yadkin, and Surrey counties. And we are basically responsible for all pre-construction, construction and maintenance activities uh, that occur within those geographic boundaries. Um, we have about 6,000 road miles that are within our, within our division. That equates to about 12,500 lane miles. Mm -hmm. We have almost 1,300 bridges that we're responsible for maintaining. And we also have, you know, we don't you know, think, about, think about highways with the DOT, mm -hmm. but we've got 130 buildings to take care of as well on our yeah. facilities. Yeah. Um, an interesting fact that I don't think a lot of people in North Carolina realize is North Carolina has the second largest state-maintained roadway network in the country behind and just barely behind Texas. I had no idea. We have um, approximately 80,000 miles of state-maintained roadways in the state. Um, another interesting fact uh, that I had looked up was we actually have more state roadways from a mileage standpoint here in our division mm -hmm. in about 13 states, you know, Amazing. in its entirety. Yeah. Uh, you know, one thing that, that uh, one reason for that is in North Carolina, you know, we maintain, you know, all of the, the, the quote, county roads. Mm -hmm. There are no county road systems, either state mm -hmm. maintained or it's, you know, a, a city okay. or a municipality maintained street. So yeah, we, you know, Alaska, Connecticut, Delaware, Hawaii, Idaho, Maryland, Massachusetts, Nevada, New Hampshire, New Jersey, Rhode Island, Utah, and Vermont. And Vermont. We have more state-maintained mileage here within our eight counties than they do in those entire states. Mm -hmm. um, you know, our main focus areas in the division are our uh, state transportation improvement or our STIP construction program. Uh, we have a large bridge replacement program. 
We manage all of our contract resurfacing and pavement preservation activities, as well just as well as just general maintenance. Um, just to give you some some figures on those things, we do about um, seventeen million dollars a year in division bridge replacements, uh, about a little over thirty million dollars a year in contract resurfacing, seven million dollars a year in pavement preservation. Uh, our maintenance budget this year. Uh, the General Assembly was good to us. We, we've got about $40 million, which also includes our roadside environmental uh, budget programs as well. Um, and here in our division, you know, snow and ice removal was a big part of our operations during the winter month. Enjoy. And that's mm -hmm. that that eats up about $10 million a year. My goodness. So uh, we also are responsible for smaller project programs, uh, such as what we call spot safety projects, spot mobility projects, secondary road construction, high impact, low cost projects. Uh, there's a small construction program, economic development, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, as well as uh, contingency projects from time to time that come through our legislatures. Uh, as I mentioned before, we're, we're sort of divided up into project development, construction and maintenance. So our project development unit manages our pre-construction activities, including roadway and bridge project management, utility coordination and relocation, in-house design uh, as well as environmental planning and permitting and uh, contract development on our construction side we have three district offices uh, one in boone one here in uh, north wilkesboro and then one in elkin and they're responsible for administering all of our construction contract activities um, in addition to that our district engineers also work with developers and business owners to um, approve and issue commercial mm -hmm. driveway permits for new developments uh, or you know that could be a residential subdivision as mm -hmm. well mm -hmm. uh, any kind of new driveway or, or street that connects to the state roadway system they also work uh, uh, with developers to review and certify new subdivision plats and road construction plans if those roads are are constructed with a public right-of-way mm -hmm. so that they could one day be part of our state state system uh, they investigate additions and deletions of roads to the state highway system. Uh, they issue right-of-way encroachment agreements uh, for utility installations as well as non-utility where anything happening in the right-of-way that, you know, somebody needs to talk with the district engineer's office to make sure, you know, everything's on the up and up. Mm -hmm. And then um, last but certainly not least as part of our construction unit is our division right-of-way office. And so they're going out on these major projects, bridge projects, anywhere where we have to acquire right-of-way from property owners or businesses uh, in order to make those projects happen. And then last but not least on our maintenance, um, maintenance side of the house, we have a county maintenance office in each of our eight counties. We have four bridge maintenance offices, uh, which are responsible for two counties each. We have a traffic services unit that is responsible for all of our traffic signs, traffic mm -hmm. signals, mm -hmm. pavement markings and markers, um, I mentioned roadside environmental unit uh, earlier. Uh, they're responsible for maintaining our rest areas. Uh, they're also responsible for all of our roadside mowing and vegetation mm -hmm. management mm -hmm. uh, practices. Litter pickup is a big thing. We spent, you know, we spent over a million dollars last year just picking up picking litter. Picking up litter, wow. You know. And then uh, they also uh, are responsible for our wildfire program. So okay. going down, if you get down mm -hmm. some of the interstates and, and uh, four lane divided roads, you'll see some nice flower beds. They're mm -hmm. responsible for making those things happen. 
And then we also have our equipment unit, which is responsible for procuring and maintaining our, our fleet of, of equipment. And, um, you know, that's basically it for, for, for Division 11. We also have an aviation division within DOT, mm -hmm. a rail division, an integrated mobility division. Which, which both apply for Division 11. Sure, mm -hmm. absolutely. Uh, the only one we really don't work with much is the ferry division. Okay, no. <laughs> Not in the right part so. of the state, no. But you do have the rail, which is, um, do. you know, we were at uh, LP yesterday for leadership and rail has been so important for their growth and for their just continuing to do business because it's far less to transport through rail than it is by truck so the rail comes right into the plant and they're able to load up it carries a great deal more the weight is much sure. greater so they explained that to us tremendously yesterday and i think a lot of people were not aware of that so rail is still very very important Oh, absolutely. For economic growth. Absolutely. It, it really is. And we're fortunate to have that. Really are. I'd like to see the growth of that come about, and maybe it will in sure. future years. Which is great. But as you were going through that, I thought it's far more than just building roads. It is. You've got a lot more that you're responsible for. Um, how many people do you have that's under, the, under your leadership? So division? we have right now uh, a little under 370 people in, in jobs, but we're currently uh, operating with about almost a 30% vacancy rate. So that's an issue that we're, we're dealing okay, with. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's good to know too, and let people know, yeah. because I would think that would be a good opportunity for somebody who's looking oh, and likes to, to work outside or maybe even not outside, inside, with doing some planning and stuff. Absolutely. 33%. Well, just, just under 30, I think we're oh, around 29% right now. But that's, okay. that's not just here. I mean, that's the problem we're seeing across the department, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. Totally with the DOT system. Yeah. Hope you hear that, folks. There's opportunity out there for um, employment, so please check into it. Let's talk about how NCDOT selects their major projects to improve roads. How do they do that? Sure. Well, there's a lot that goes into it. Um, I'm going to mention bridges briefly. Those are the easy ones. Those are really, you know, we do inspections on those through a federally mandated program uh, every two years. So, you know, we're looking at the condition um, and, and need on those projects. But on our major roadway projects in particular, um, those are generally identified in the long range planning process. And so we, we do a lot of work um, also within the division uh, that, that, that also falls within our project development unit is our planning. Uh, I had left that out previously, but we, we, we do that. We also have a unit, our transportation planning branch out of Raleigh that we coordinate with. But, but the division, as well as our, our TPD branch, uh, work regularly with our local rural, rural and metropolitan planning organizations to develop what's called comprehensive transportation plans. Mm -hmm. And basically those plans identify needed transportation projects that um, you know, we think we're going to need in the next 20, 25 years. So and that's per county, isn't it? Typically, okay. I mean, sometimes you'll even see them done for um, you'll, you'll see them done for the, the entire planning organization. You'll see them done for a county. Sometimes even a town or a municipality will have one for their own from time to time. Um, but, but you know, most of the projects that end up getting programmed for funding are, are projects that have been identified through that process. 
Um, I do wish, you know, one of my pet peeves is I'd like to see more folks get involved in that process. You know, we'll we'll go out. Maybe maybe there'll be a, a a group, an MPO or an RPO, or a community that's working on this comprehensive transportation plan. You'll have public meetings, and almost nobody shows up to them. And uh, it's really unfortunate. And you know, sometimes we'll go out when we've got a project that we're we're now working on, and we're going through the planning, and we're doing our public outreach, and everybody wants to know, well, why are you doing this project? Why aren't you doing this over here? It's like, well, you know, this one's it's been on the books for about 20 years. So uh, I would like to see that. I think there's opportunity there to improve that process. But um, you know, once once we start. Uh, what ends up happening though, we have a 10-year work program that I mentioned earlier, the State Transportation Improvement Program, or I'm gonna call it STIP from here on out. Um, basically, projects are selected for that 10-year program through a data-driven process that we call prioritization. Um, now this STIP, the 10-year STIP gets updated every two years. So basically, as soon as one gets approved and adopted mm -hmm. by the Board of Transportation, we're starting work on the next one. Mm -hmm. So we just had that happen. They just adopted our um, 24 to 2033 step back in June and we're already starting on the next round of project prioritization uh, we call it P7.0 you know for, for the next 2026 to, to 2035 step but um, that whole prioritization process was actually developed as a result of state legislation passed in 2013 called the Strategic Transportation Investment Law, which was designed to ensure projects are actually selected based on data mm -hmm. and needs rather than politics. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, it's a fairly complex process, but uh, essentially, you know, both the, the highway division, for example, for roadway projects, uh, as well as the local planning organizations get the opportunity to submit projects for consideration as part of that process and then those things get scored based on specific criteria such as safety congestion travel time savings benefit cost uh, just to name a few and we've got three different tiers of funding buckets so to speak there's a statewide bucket which accounts for 40 percent of all available funds and those projects are actually scored and ranked 100% based on all of that quantitative data score mm -hmm. uh, and they compete statewide now there's some some uh, you know some uh, nuances in there that that you know keep one area of the state from getting all of that money mm -hmm. uh, you mm -hmm. know things like corridor caps and and, and whatnot but uh, you know that those are really our you know statewide significant projects your interstate routes your US highways things of that nature uh, there's also seven different regional buckets of funding. And so we have 14 divisions. Two divisions get paired up with one another and become a funding region. We are part of funding region F, which includes division 11 and division 12. Um, the regions get 30% of all the available funding in that 10 year horizon, planning horizon. And uh, now each region, the funding is not split up equally. It's based on population. Okay. Um, we do pretty well in that just because division, you know, we're fairly rural, but division 12 mm -hmm. is fairly urban. Um, so we get a, you know, there's, there's money available in our region, uh, regional bucket. Uh, and then last but not least, we have a division needs, uh, category, which is, is another, again, it takes up, uh, or makes up 30% of all the available funding during that 10 year program and each division 
it gets the, an equal amount of, of money okay. for those projects. Okay. Uh, but those are, you know, typically your more local projects. Now, the regional and division, it's not just that quantitative mm -hmm. score. There's a local input component to those. On the, on the regional projects, it's 70% based on data, 30% based on local input, with, mm -hmm. with that local input being split in half between the division and the planning organization. Similarly, our plan is High Country Council of Government. For Wilkes County, it, yes, it is. The, uh, uh, it is through High, high Country Council of Gov Governments. It's actually called the, the High Country Rural Planning Organization. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. On the Division Needs Project side, it's a 50-50 split between local input and quantitative data scoring. So. You know, your, your planning is so long range. Um, and there's a lot that can happen Absolutely. within that long range. Um, that would totally flip it. You know, you'd have a need that probably was not a part of the plan. Absolutely. How do you how do you treat that? Do you just go back and regroup and? Well, sure. You know, we're having those conversations all the time. Okay. You know, if we see a need, that's you know, we can actually work with the, um, the RPO or the MPO to update their comprehensive transportation plan. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, by through an amendment, um, or we can just simply. You know, be aware of that uh, that we have that need and and, mm -hmm. and submit that project. It does help to have it in those plans. Mm -hmm. Gives it a little bit of extra boost, but it's not entirely necessary. A lot goes into it. It, it a, is a great is. deal, um, and I'm glad that you do include the public input too, because I think that's so important that they be a part of that. It is, and you brought up a good point. You know, when we are going out and 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 having public input, once once a project gets funded, um, you know, that is one thing. You know, I want folks to remember is that we're not out there necessarily just trying to solve the problems that you might see on that roadway today. We're looking, you know, twenty years out into the future. We don't want to build this road and then it be obsolete. You know, five years from now, we you know it's an investment and and. You know that's tough because you know unfortunately when we're building projects there's you know there's folks you know for them personally mm -hmm. it's there's negative impacts and consequences mm -hmm. and you know uh, you know whether that's in the right-of-way acquisition uh, you know if we're having to, to uh, you know acquire somebody's home or their business right. to make right. that happen but but again we're, we're we're looking out into the future because mm -hmm. we need to provide a facility that's going to serve the public for for many years to come right and I know safety is always a concern. Oh, absolutely. Um, it's one of our top priorities. When I've been involved with the RPO in the high country and even with the comprehensive plan, we talked a lot about safety um, because I think that's what people are looking for. They want a safe travel with their families and for themselves. So it is really important. A lot goes into creating projects and just being flexible. And I think you guys have to be visionary. You sure. really do. Um, because you don't know what might happen to the population within that region. And uh, it, you know, it could go down or up. So it's a lot to consider. It, it is. Yeah. What projects are on the horizon for Wills County? Well, we've got several um, uh, fairly uh, interesting and significant projects coming up. Uh, the first one I want to mention to you today is the... Uh, improvements we're planning on US 421 in Wilkesboro. 
uh, that project begins just east of NC-16 and it uh, will, will terminate at the US-421 business intersection. It's about two and a half miles long or just under two and a half miles. And we, uh, we refer to that project as U-5312 in the, uh, in the STIP. But essentially it's converting the existing five lane roadway to a four lane divided highway with a 23 foot raised median. And one of the most significant features of that project uh, is it includes what we ca call uh, reduced conflict intersections. We used to call them super streets. Yes. We're a little bit more technical with our terminology these days. Okay. But um, essentially, you know, ones like that are gonna be constructed out on uh, 421. Reduced conflict intersections can mean multiple different types mm -hmm. of, of intersection treatments that are you know, different than your traditional signalized intersection, for example. But what, what's going on on 421 uh, is essentially, uh, you know, left turn movements from the side streets will be redirected to downstream U-turn bulbs on the main line highway of US 421. So if you're coming out of, uh, say, you know, one of the shopping centers up there, one of the signals, you won't be able to come out and make a left turn. You'll have to make a right turn, go about six or 800 feet, then make a U-turn and there'll be another signal there to help make that movement. Okay. Um, but what, what ends up happening at these intersections and you pointed to it earlier was, you know, they're much, much safer. Right. Um, so when you look at an intersection, a traditional intersection, there's about, uh, I believe it's 32 different conflict points where, where an accident could mm -hmm. occur. And these, these reduced conflict intersections, mm -hmm. that's why they're called reduced conflict, they reduce that actually by half. Mm -hmm. And uh, you know, there's been a lot of studies that have shown that they're very effective at not only reducing the number of, of accidents, but also the severity of, of accidents that do happen go, go down because, you know, well, you just think of the left turn, if somebody's not stopping, if somebody doesn't stop for that light, you know, it's a T-bone accident. Usually there's pretty serious injuries or worse that occur as a result of those. Um, one of the other major benefits of putting in those types of intersections is it really, really simplifies our traffic signal operations. Um, so you think about a traditional intersection where you've got, you know, left turn lanes at each approach and there's a protected phase for folks to make those movements while everybody else is stopped. We don't have to do that. I mean, it, those, those can be up to eight different phases in those traffic signals. And um, when you, when you have a reduced conflict intersection, like, like it's gonna be on 421, you reduce that down to two. So the main awesome. line is either green or red and the mm -hmm. side streets either green or red and that's it. And so yeah, by doing that, it also allows you to coordinate those signals. And, and, and you know, if you've ever been down a one-way street that's signalized where it seems like you just hit each one through progression, it allows us to, to design those roads to, to kind of do that type of, uh, Enhancement. Slows the traffic as well. Right, you can More control speeds mm -hmm. uh, through the corridor like that. It just it just allows you to control mm -hmm. that progression mm -hmm. uh, much more efficiently. What's the timeline? So this project actually went out for bids in September, and we weren't uh, we didn't award it. We only had one bidder, and the bids were were higher than we anticipated. Um, so it's actually been re-advertised now. We're going to open bids again on November the twenty-first. Mm -hmm. And uh, you know we've got our fingers crossed that it's going to be something that we can award. Maybe we can get some more competition, some better pricing. Mm -hmm. uh, of course, we've made some adjustments. There were some good points raised, 
But uh, again, that opens up uh, November 21st. Work can begin as early as February the 15th of 2024. Uh, it's gonna take some time to do it though. Sure. There's about four years of contract time in this wow. one. So we don't expect everything to be totally complete until February of 2028. You get a lot of traffic through there. I don't know what the traffic count is through there, but um, it's high. It is. Um, and one of the other challenging parts about this, you know, it is because there's so much traffic and activity going through there. So most of this work that would impact, have an impact on traffic will have to be done at night between 9 p.m. and 6 a.m. So that, that obviously, that, that slows down the, mm -hmm. the amount of progress, you know, a contractor mm -hmm. can make mm -hmm. uh, on a project like that. So it, it, it'll take, that's why it's going to take four years to build. Okay. It's mostly night work. It'll go by fast. It really will. It will. Um, the next project I wanted to mention, uh, we call R5759, which is the improvements along the NC115 corridor at North Wilkesboro from US 421 over to 2nd Street. Uh, we're currently acquiring right-of-way along this corridor. Uh, it's currently scheduled to go to contract next summer. We're a little behind schedule on the right-of-way acquisition on that one. Um, so it may be delayed just a few months, but uh, we, you know, hopefully it'll be before the end of the year. Um, a couple of the fee interesting features on that one, we'll have roundabouts at both ramp terminals at US 421. There'll be a roundabout at the intersection of Speedway Road and a roundabout at old US 421 intersection. Uh, the project is a mix of you know, two to four lanes, but it'll, it will have a raised median um, in, in, for most of, the, most of the corridor. Uh, as well as some U-turn bulbs mm -hmm. uh, to redirect some of those those movements. Uh, it's going to be a curb and gutter uh, facility, so it's going to have sidewalks on both sides okay. as well as bike lanes. Good. And uh, we're also going to you know use this opportunity to improve the access at the uh, CC Wright Elementary School too. Because it does get bogged down there, and the cars are parked on the side of the road to sure. pick up the students. Yes. Yeah. And then. Uh, the next project I wanted to mention is the improvement of Oak Woods Road from US 421 to 268. That project is known as R5772. It's 1.3 miles long. It's about a $20 million project. Um, it will be a two-lane divided roadway with sidewalk from US 421 to South Bridge Street, and then it will transition to a two-lane undivided road and have a multi-use path from South Bridge Street over to East Main Street. Uh, part of that project, there's a bridge project in there as well, mm -hmm. and kind of depending on timing, we'll determine if we're going to do those uh, jointly or, or if we'll try to get that bridge done ahead of that. But uh, we'll, we'll have a new bridge over Cub Creek with a multi-use path on that bridge. Uh, we'll have roundabouts constructed at the US 421 East Ramp, and as well as a roundabout at Call Street. Um, we are currently uh, scheduled to begin right of acquisition on that project in fiscal year 2025 and then construction in fiscal year 2027. Okay, that would be a good project. That's um, a lot of traffic comes through that direction too to get into the towns, the downtowns. Absolutely. I use it every day just yeah. about. Yeah. <laughs> uh, a little further out uh, is project R5906, which is a modernization project of NC-268, basically from Airport Road mm -hmm. over to Elkin at uh, Austin Trap Hill Road. Uh, we're the just bypass, the two, there's a bypass there, right? Right, it'll that tie in right okay. there, yep. 
that project, uh, again, we're just, we've really just uh, assigned it to a, uh, a consultant firm that's working mm -hmm. with us on that one. So we're just getting started. Uh, we're not scheduled to start right away acquisition on that project until fiscal year 28 and then construction not until 2031. Uh, but essentially, it's a modernization project, and what I mean by that is it's, you know, we're going to maintain two lanes, but, you know, hopefully it'll be a, 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 a more modernized roadway uh, with, you know, adequate lane widths and shoulder widths, grades, you know, the, the alignment won't be as curvy and, 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 and whatnot. So, you know, really just bringing up to a good two-lane roadway standard. Any possibility of that ever becoming a four-lane? To connect to that bypass i can see economic growth in the eastern part of the county if that were to ever be possible it wasn't it wasn't uh it wasn't scored mm -hmm. that way and funded that way um you know if we did that that would probably have to be a future right. you know future right. project to come back in and, and widen that out to, to oh, an additional okay. Okay. um to have an additional two lanes added added to that it would it would have to go back through the prioritization process mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. To, in order to get that. A lot of traffic on that road. Mm -hmm. um, it is. Yes. And then just the access. And accidents. Yeah, a lot of accidents mm -hmm. currently. I'm sure the modernization will help, but the potential for the economic development in that area just to be that connected to 77, I can really see that in the future because that's, that's an area that is growing tremendously. Yes. It truly is. That's another planning session. It is. It is. And then I wanted to also mention we've got two bridge projects uh, here in Wilkesboro, North Wilkesboro, that were actually funded as part of a USDOT grant that NC won last year. Uh, the first one is the uh, Curtis Road, Curtis Bridge Road Bridge mm -hmm. over the Adkin River. Uh, we are working on it now and scheduled to start buying right-of-way for that one in fiscal year 2025 and construction in 2027. Okay. It's about a $10 million bridge replacement project. And the other one that's on a similar schedule for 25 and 27 is the US 421 business bridge over the Reddy's River. Uh, that one's gonna be a little bit interesting, uh, again, mm -hmm. with maintenance of traffic and mm -hmm. probably have some staged construction. But, uh, you know, we're is it certainly... D Street, on D Street now, or is, where is that location? Right there before the hospital. Okay, yes. Got the Greenway okay. crossing underneath it. Yep. Mm -hmm. That one will be interesting. Oh, yes. <laughs> Which is good. It's needed, too. It's, uh, you need, uh, we need more sidewalks, for sure. I've noticed that more recently. Yeah. Because um, people just don't have a place to walk, but there's a lot of people Well, and that's, you know, that's something that... Uh, is is a good you know fact to pass along too not many people may realize that but you know in years past up until just a few years ago if we had a project you know like these bridges or any of these roadway projects that was within you know municipality and if there were no sidewalks there typically what would have to happen is that municipality would have to pay a a pretty good chunk of money to get that added to the project. There was usually a cost share agreement based on the size and the population of the municipality. DOT picked up a lot of the bill, but now if it's part of a pedestrian plan um, or part of their comprehensive transportation mm -hmm. plan mm -hmm. is needing that, we will include that and, and, and pay for that under the project at no cost to those municipalities. And that's how bike paths are developed as well? In, yeah, in some cases, yes. In some cases. That's right. 
So what are your challenges? Oh, wow. So uh, a lot, we, we talked about it a little bit earlier, but I mm-hmm. think workforce develop is, uh, development is mm-hmm. one of the ones that I have. You know, again, we're, we're at uh, nearly a 30% vacancy rate right now. Um, you know, it's just, it seems like we start making some headway and then we lose folks to just, you know, retirements and, right. and, and whatnot. Right. Um, but you just don't see as many folks going into, into this type of industry. And, and obviously, uh, if we don't have folks, I mean, 75% of all of ours is, is in our maintenance area. Right. So those right. are folks that we don't have to go out and patch potholes or unclog pipes mm-hmm. or open up ditches. Mm-hmm. Uh, the snow, you know, repaint the lines. Actual physical labor, right. getting out and um, working. That, that really has a big impact on our maintenance uh, programs. But uh, you know, our contractors are facing the same issues. We hear right. the same, the same struggles on 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 their ends, and you know, we're seeing it. You know, we'll, you know, especially on some of our, we don't see it as much on the larger projects. I think they, they still have that, but you know, on our smaller projects where we're just going out and, you know, build a roundabout, for example, right. or an intersection improvement. You know, we've got cases where we may, we may have to put a project out to bid two or three times. Just, we, we may not get any bids. Wow. Or the ones we get are it's really not high available to bid. because, mm-hmm. you know, folks, they, you know, it's just not, they don't have the, fo- you know, they've got enough work. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and you know they're going to can't take on anything they else. can't take on yeah. anything else so it's it's uh you know it's just it's just tough right now so there's a lot of opportunity out there uh mm-hmm. we've we've actually been doing uh uh several outreach sec- sessions over the last few years uh trying to grow our industry for small businesses mm-hmm. as well as for disadvantaged businesses um you know trying to get folks get their help them get their foot in the door and and, and learn how to do business with NCDOT. Right. What resources do you guys use to recruit? Do you go with the NC Works? Um, we are, um, are you involved in that. Okay. You know, I think historically there there's there's not been a tremendous amount of involvement, but that is something that we are doing. We are uh, starting to go to a lot more job fairs. Good. We've actually just restructured our human resources department within the division, added a few positions, mm-hmm. and and recruitment is going to be a big part of, of, of what they do now. Uh, the department is also on the cusp of uh, starting some new apprenticeship programs Wonderful. for our transportation workers mm-hmm. as well as our engineering technicians who are like our project inspectors. And so we're you know we're really excited to to see how those programs that's a great idea programs really work is. and they help right. us too. Right. I think people if they don't know then they're not going to take advantage of the opportunity to be a part of NCDOT because they just don't know. Right. Don't know what you're offering. For them, so yeah. being a part of the apprenticeship program is, I think, it's invaluable. It really is. Yeah. And I would be remiss if I didn't say, you know, one of the major issues we're facing is just inflation. Yes. Just like everybody, it is costing so much more money to build roadway projects today than it did a few years ago. Um, you know, and the result is, you know, we have to delay projects. Right. You know, if it costs more to do this one, we. You know, it, it's got to come from somewhere, and so right. project schedules have to be pushed back. Um, and you know, it just—it's uh, just been a really big challenge over the last few years. We we did get a boost last year from the General Assembly because they uh, they passed a law that took some uh, revenue from the general fund from from sales mm-hmm. taxes from transportation related goods and services and transfers that to the DOT uh, part of the budget. But uh, and that was a big that was a big help. 
Mm -hmm. uh, but again, it was only part of the solution. And then, you know, you couple those, those uh, inflationary factors with, you know, vehicles keep, keep getting more fuel efficient, mm -hmm. more electric vehicles, uh -huh. you know, we're, our, our funding comes by and large uh, from gasoline, mm -hmm. you know, fuel Tax. taxes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's really, you know, the elephant in the room is how do we solve that problem? Right. So. Well, you know, we, we're known as the number one fastest growing state in the whole country right. for business growth. And I think we're number four now for tourism growth. So maybe more people will continue to come and that will increase the gasoline tax and that will increase your budget, hopefully. Yeah. And, and by all means, they should come because of the condition of the roads. You know, the infrastructure is everything. If people can move from one location to another without a lot of grief or challenges, then they'll continue to come because they've had that good experience. And you're part of that. Now let's talk about the most memorial, memorable, not memorial, most memorable experience you've had while working with NCDOT. I yeah, find this sure. interesting. Um, well, there's been a number of memorable things. You know, I, it, it's hard to forget some of the uh, projects like sinkholes or hurricane and tropical storm Let's flooding. Talk about sinkholes, okay? <laughs> uh, responses, you know, rock slides. Mm -hmm. um, but I think probably one of the most enjoyable things that I've had was just been here recently, and that was just being involved with the uh, planning and, and development of the traffic operations plan for the NASCAR All-Star Race here in North Wilkesboro Speedway last exciting. year. That was just really, really neat to be part of, and yes. our, our, our entire staff uh, just really had a good time with that. You know, I grew up in Caldwell County nearby, race mm -hmm. fan in the heyday of NASCAR in the 80s and 90s, and it's just really special to be part of that. And and to see it come back here and what it meant right. to everybody here, right. uh, it's just really special. So uh, we're, we're excited that it's coming back again next year and look forward to working with mm -hmm. uh, you know, got a Speedway. bridge to build there, a pedestrian we do. bridge. We right. do. I don't know that it'll be ready by next next May. May but, uh, <laughs> that would be a challenge for but, sure. Uh, but yeah, there's $3 million in the state budget, right. uh, courtesy of Representative Elmore. Did a great job mm -hmm. getting that, and that, that'll be a big help. It uh, really will be. Moving people is, I think that was, that surprised me. It really did. I was there and um, the night of the all-star race, I was out of the parking lot in less than 45 minutes and I couldn't believe it because, you know, there was a lot of people there. I don't even know the numbers, yeah. but um, it was just, it happened. Yeah. You know, I think it was well-planned, um, a lot of collaboration. Absolutely. Tremendous collaboration between the highway department and just, um, very impressive, very, very impressive. Well, thank you. Yeah, the whole experience of bringing back racing is, uh, I don't think people even realize that it, it's happened. Yeah. You know, who would have thought when you had something closed that long that you would bring it back? It's been good, really good, very informative, Michael. Thank you so very, very much. Well, thank you again for, being for having me. I this. said earlier, I think this is a great forum you have here. and. Uh, I look Thank forward you. to tuning in in the future to see what else you have coming down the pipe. Well, folks, this is uh, stuff you should know, and infrastructure is so very important to the growth of our community and to the safety of our community. We appreciate the great work of Division 11, and we're very proud of the work that they do. Thank you. Thank you.